0: And that starts next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss it. I, I don't say this lightly, but I believe that for many of us, these next 10 weeks will be life-changing. I, I believe that with all my heart. If you'll show up, make it a point best you can for the next 10 weeks to be here, what we're going to talk about uh, really does have the potential To be life transforming. Jesus doing a powerful work. So, again, that begins next Sunday. Um, Last three years, Denise and I have been through six surgeries. Six surgeries. Uh, Before that, my entire life, I had two. I had tonsils out when I was six. And then I had uh, a hernia uh, maybe 20, 25 years ago. So six surgeries in the last three years, four on my right eye, triple bypass heart surgery last September, one year anniversary coming up later this week, wow. And uh, Denise just had a brand new hip installed in July. By the way, she's uh, really doing much better. So thank you for all your prayers. But the question we're going to look at today, and <clears throat> the answer for this seems pretty easy, Bernard, on the surface. Would you like to get well? And and when I hear that question after these last three years, duh, uh, yes, I don't even have to think or pray much about that. Uh, my answer is yes, please, quickly, right now, Jesus. <laughs> I want to get well. We want to get well. But the gentleman we're going to look at this morning was sick and he was unable to get well for 38 years. How many of you here today are 38 years old or younger? Can I see your hands? Can I 38. Okay. So, this guy was sick longer than you've been alive. Okay? 38 years. He's been unable to move, unable to uh, get around. We're not exactly sure what what it was, okay uh, but here's what we do know it was a long term sickness disability, and after you've been sick for a long time, your identity, how you view yourself, begins to get wrapped up in your illness. You start thinking well that's that's who i am i'm I've got this problem. I've got that problem. Um, And I'm telling you, it doesn't take a long time. After three years, uh, that's a lot of who Jeff is right now. I I understand. So as we examine the first 14 verses of John chapter 5, I guess I'd just like you to start thinking, um, would you like to get well? Is there some area of your life where the truth is, You're really not well. And would you like to get well? And then the next question is, are you ready to do whatever it takes to get well? Because oftentimes to get well, there's certain things that the Lord's going to have to do, but then there's things that we're going to have to do. Do you want to get well? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to get well? If you're able Stand with me now. We're going to read out loud together from John chapter 5. Judge comes in the courtroom. What does everybody do? Uh, Bride's about to come down the aisle. What do all the guests do? We stand in honor of God's holy inspired words for us today. That's why we stand each Sunday. Let's read together. Here we go. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for caring about people on mats. Lord, thank you that you s- seeked out this man. You, you wanted to have a conversation and encounter with him. And Lord, I believe 2023 you're still looking to encounter folks on mats we can't move have an area where we're stuck and lord we just confess there's some of us here today honestly we're stuck can't move no hope so would you bring encouragement would you uh, give us the faith to believe that you can still tell us to stand and walk That's what we're asking for. Would you meet us today in your church? Show us how we can get up and walk. Speak loud and clear this morning, Lord. Do a mighty work. But we want you to know we want your son Jesus to get all the credit and the honor and the glory for what happens today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. So Jesus goes up to Jerusalem to a feast. It doesn't tell us which one. Probably uh, wasn't important to know which feast, but a religious Jew, that was an expectation. Go go to Jerusalem. Um, Here's a picture of the ruins today of Bethesda. Okay? uh it's It's one of the most spectacular ruins uh until the nineteenth century. There was no clear evidence that this was even historically true they They had no ruins, but from the fifth century, there was a church today named Saint Anne's Church where archaeologists have uh, found these remains um, Caleb put up this is this is what the pools would have looked like. Uh, back in Jesus' day. So pretty spectacular stuff. Twin pools, five porches. At this time, the people of Jesus' day viewed this pool as a place of healing. They really did. Okay. Now let's talk about verse 4 for a moment. I don't know if you notice, but we didn't read verse 4 because most modern versions... Uh, don't have verse 4. Let's put that up here. Here's what it says. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease he had. So let's talk about verse 4 for just a moment. We can leave that up there, Caleb. Uh, This verse is historical it's helpful to understand this section of John 5. But it doesn't appear in any of the manuscripts prior to 400 A.D. The the earliest manuscripts it appears in, verse 4, was 400 A.D. and after. Probably added later by a scribe to help explain this passage. They probably said, well, this doesn't really make sense. So they put a little explanation in to help understand what was going on. So here is the question. Are you ready? Is verse 4 inspired? Is is it the Bible? Um, Until the 1970s, the church has always read John 5, 4, as the Bible, God's inspired book. But we have to also acknowledge modern discoveries, uh, it's pretty clear that it got into God's Word by an interesting route. Likely scribe added. Okay? No doctrines affected, no key teachings of God's Word. So you still haven't answered. The question, is this God's inspired book? If you press me, I would say this. God got it into his book. He got it into his word through unusual means. But until the 1970s, the church always thought John 5-4 was God's book. So if you press me, I think it's God's word. And I wish all of the translations would just leave it in there, okay? So that's me. Having said that, gave you my answer, I'm not going to fight and throw rocks and pitch a fit over John 5, 4, okay? Now let's go back to the text. But I just wanted you to, to hear about verse 4 because you, you say, well, what happened? That's what happened. Verse 5, here we go. It says, this man was an invalid for 38 years. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. I'm not sure what his specific ailment was. Here's what we do know. He was paralyzed. He couldn't move. He was crippled. He, he just couldn't move. What happens to a person's legs who doesn't use them for a long time? And have you ever had a cast on your arm, on your wrist, on your leg? What happens when you're casted after a few months? What happens? It begins to what? Shrink and shrivel and you haven't used it and now it's much smaller than it used to be. Okay? This shows us where people were at in biblical times when they had debilitating situations okay no one to help them no government programs no nonprofits there to lend a hand it'd be a lot like third world countries today if you go to Haiti and you've got a debilitating situation if you go to parts of Africa uh, I'm telling you you're in trouble there's no one to help you there's no one to help there's no one to rescue you you're you're all alone that's what it would be like for this man. Verse 6. So Jesus walks up to the man. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, Jesus asked him, Would you like to get well? <laughs> I love that. Jesus says, Would you like to get well? You you look like you're having a hard time. Uh, 38 years, we know. He's been laying there on his mat. Would you like to get well? And again at first blush, duh, Jesus, of course I want to get well. But Jesus is looking deeper than just the obvious. Jesus is looking at this man and he knows if he gets off his mat, things are going to change. Okay, If he gets well, After 38 years of laying on a mat, everything in his life is going to change. He's going to have to go get a job for the first time in 38 years. At this time, his job was to beg alms for the broken, alms for the poor. Uh, He's going to have to go to the temple. He's going to have to go start sacrificing animals and paying temple tax. Uh, He's going to have to reconcile with his family because he's been laying there on a mat for 38 years. He's going to have to make friends outside of the wheelchair gang at the pool. He's going to have to make new friends. He's going to have to rejoin the rat race of life, okay? This sick guy's answer to Jesus is really explaining a lot, okay? Uh, Would you like to get well? Look at verse 7. Here's his answer. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else is always getting there ahead of me. They've got friends. They've got family. I've got nobody. Uh, I can't get well. He seems a little cranky, doesn't he? He seems a little irritated with the question. I've got excuses. I'd like to get well, but I can't. Why? It seems like he has nobody to help him, and he also seems a little discouraged and depressed. Seems like there's no hope in his mind. I'd like to. He, didn't know. he doesn't know who Jesus is. I'd like to get well, but I don't know anybody. They're not helping me. His identity was beginning to get formed around his disability, okay? Please note this. He's focusing on his situation. This man is focusing on his pool problem. I got nobody to get me in the pool. Uh, Jesus is trying to get him to focus on who he was talking to. See what's going on? He's all focused on, here's why I can't get well. Jesus is attempting to get him to focus on Jesus, and I just want you to know, I get it. After three years, it's tempting for me to be all wrapped up while well, got, I've got the surgeon to go talk to. I, I've got physical therapy to go to. I've got exercises I'm supposed to, to, to do. I've got pills I've got to take. I, I've got medications and eye drops, lots of eye drops. I've got to focus on pain and recovery. It's easy to get all wrapped up into everything except looking to Jesus. It really is. You're you're all wrapped up in your situation, and you forget about the ultimate cure, which involves Jesus. Verse 8, I love. Jesus told the man on his mat for 38 years, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Isn't that great? Hey, buddy, stand up, pick up your your bed, and walk. Take action. Believe. Do something, and I'm telling you what to do. Just stand up. And here's my question. Are you ready? Do you believe that Jesus can still do the miraculous? Can Jesus still take a situation that seems impossible and do the unexplainable? It's huge. Can he take a marriage that's dead and bring it back to life? Can, can Jesus take finances that are all messed up and bring them back in line? Can Jesus take a body that's sick and broken and bring healing and restoration? Verse nine. Watch what happens. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his mat. <laughs> he began walking. But here, here's here's the here's the rub. This miracle happens on the Sabbath, on Saturday. Jesus healed this man supernaturally. Okay, he couldn't walk for 38 years. Stands up, rolls up his mat. Now he's carrying it, and he's walking, carrying his bed roll. And the only thing the religious leaders notice, what's the only thing they care about? Um, He's carrying a mat. Okay, Just think about that. This guy couldn't walk. They knew him. They, They probably knew his name. That's old Harry there laying on his sleeping mat. And now the only thing they care about is he's walking and carrying his mat on the Sabbath. You're working on the Sabbath, Harry. They miss the headline, and they focus only on the little bitty, tiny, fine print at the bottom. That's all they care about. And for the next several verses, they're arguing whether Jesus should be healing on the Sabbath. Look at verse 16. Slide down. Jesus says, my father's always working and so am I. What's your deal? We always work, Monday through Saturday and Sunday. You know, we work all the time. And the Jewish leaders missed the joy and the celebration of this man who was walking, standing and walking. And the only thing they could talk about was the fact that Jesus, in their minds, violated the Sabbath. Sabbath. And they were so angry with Jesus. Look at chapter 5, verse 18. It says they tried harder to find a way to kill Jesus. Why did they want to kill Jesus? Because how dare he make a man walk on the Sabbath? And, and that was the only thing on their mind. So... What do we learn from this passage? What's the takeaway for us, 2023? What should we learn from John chapter 5? Okay, When we're facing a troubling, painful situation, here's, here's my first takeaway. Am I looking at the problem? Am I looking to the world for a solution? Or do I look to Jesus for his answers and his solutions? Where am I looking? If you're on your mat today, where are you looking for answers this man was looking to the pool and his fellow mat dwellers he was looking at all the reasons why he couldn't get well and he neglected to look at the one standing right next to him he, he missed the real solution jesus christ god with skin on standing right next to him so can i encourage you If you've got an issue that seems overwhelming, if you have an issue that has you laying on your mat and you feel like you can't move, can I encourage you today? Look to Jesus for your answers, no matter what your situation is. I think Jesus is just saying, if you just ask me, I'll show you what I have in mind. But just consult me, look to me. Second takeaway this morning. Question. Would you like to get well? Would would you like to get well recognizing that if Jesus brings help and healing to your situation, things are going to change. And that's something we don't always think about. We whine, we complain, I don't like this situation. But if Jesus comes and alters the situation, and it helps us to stand, that means things in my life are going to change. I might need to go get a new job. I I might need to go be reconciled with someone in my family. I might need to forgive somebody. I might need to go seek forgiveness. I might need to get serious in my walk daily with Jesus. I might need to start living on a budget. I might need to go see a Christian counselor. Do you understand? If you stand, things are going to change. Do you really want to get well? If we're dealing with a sin issue, and verse 18, when Jesus deals with this man, He kind of warns him, and He said, you know what, don't sin anymore. It might be worse next time. Sometimes the reason we're on a mat has to do with sin, entangling, besetting sin that we refuse to deal with. Are you ready to do whatever it takes, whatever Jesus shows you, to get well? Third takeaway. I suspect you notice we had a pretty short worship set today. Did you notice that? Okay. That's because we're going to take the remainder of our time here today To invite those of us here today who'd like to get well to have an opportunity to do it biblically okay to take a step of faith let me just say what we're going to ask you to do today it's a step of faith and when you step out and in faith do it God's way according to his book it's humbling to go And say, you know what? I'm kind of stuck here on my mat. I I got this area of sickness. I need you to anoint me with oil and pray over me. That's humbling. And the truth is, for some of us, to humble ourselves, that's really hard. That doesn't come naturally. But we're going to do it according to James chapter 5. And we're going to ask the elders of the church to pray And anoint you with oil and pray over you. Why? So you can stand and get off your mat. We make this opportunity available three, four times a year. We don't do this just so you know to put on a show or do some really mysterious, weird, strange thing. Here's why we do this. Because we want to be obedient as a church to James 5. 13 to 16. We want to make this opportunity available to pray and anoint people with oil so that healing by Jesus and his spirit can happen and be available for those who want to take that step. Okay? Can I say um, there's nothing magical about the oil we use? Okay? Chad, I'm pretty sure we got it on Amazon, right? Yeah. Comes comes... The, the Amazon guy delivered it. Um, there's nothing all that special about the prayers that we pray. Okay, we're, we're going to try to try to talk to Jesus, but we don't have some special uh, verbiage that makes this extra effective. But but listen close. What is special about this time is the one that we pray to. Do you understand? We're going to anoint you. We're going to do it according to God's word. But then we're going to be talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And he has the power to heal. Jesus has the power to do the supernatural. It's Jesus who's special in all of this. And Jesus responds when we are obedient and humble ourselves and ask him in faith to help us in our times of need. Okay, so I'd like to invite uh, the elders to make your way to your places. We'll have two uh, sets of elders on this side and two on that side. And uh, the musicians are going to come and they're going to play. So as they make their way, I just need to ask, is there some area of sickness uh, in your life? Um, Is there an area of sin that needs to be dealt with? That might be uh, what you would uh, come and and ask to be prayed over. Is there an area of relationship that's broken? Is there an emotional struggle, fear, anxiety, loneliness that you're facing? Is there a job or a financial situation that you're struggling with? might be deep discouragement. That has you on your mat. Um, again, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? Okay, this is your opportunity to do it according to God's book. Okay, so I always get this question: Well, what are we supposed to do if if we don't go? You know, if we don't feel the Lord has it. Well, you pray for those folks going, and you just worship the Lord and pray for them. And ask the Lord to do mighty, supernatural work in lives today. And uh, uh, please be in prayer for them. We, we've asked, um, and the worship band's been very kind. We're, we're going to make it a little bit quieter than normal. But we, for the next just about half hour, 30 minutes or so, we're going to just invite you. And we've got our leaders here in the church And if you'd like to be prayed over, anointed with oil, if you want to get off your mat, if there's an area of sickness, you come. And if the Lord isn't prompting you, then you just worship the Lord and praise Him during these next 30 minutes. Okay? Thank you. Thanks for leading us. This is your opportunity.